Hello and welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. We bring you theatre news, theatre reviews and theatre-themed booze. Welcome to our Christmas episode of Theatre Club Podcast. I'm Oscar. I'm Alice. And we are siblings for anyone who's never listened before. We have a theatre podcast, we go see shows, we review them, we talk about what we're looking forward to seeing. It's been a good, pretty good year in theatre, hasn't it? We've seen some really good things this year, I think. Oh, we definitely have. But in this episode, we're going to look ahead to 2024 and just talk about some of the shows at the top of the year that we're looking forward to see. And also in this episode, we're going to have a review of Matthew Bourne's Edward Scissorhands, the ballet, which we both saw the week before Christmas, didn't we? But separately. Yes, and we're celebrating our 99th episode of this podcast. Yes, this is our 99th episode, so the new year will start with episode 100. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I know, like, we don't... Considering also we don't do them... They're not weekly. No. There's no, we, there's no we, schedule. <laughs> no, as best we try, sometimes we only do one a month, so it's pretty cool to have got to 99. It is. Should we talk about a few things coming up in the new year that we want to see? Yes. So, I... We talked about it on our last podcast, the new season at Sadler's Wells. Oh yeah, they've got so much good stuff. They've got so much good stuff. And I've now booked, like, La Strada. I've booked... um, One of the Carmens? One of the Carmens that we discussed. Was it... The more modern one. Oh yeah, was that in English National Ballet's one? Yes. Yes, okay. And we're going to book Scottish Ballet... But I've also booked Chorus Line for August. Oh, yeah. yeah. I should probably book that. I didn't know if I was going to be away in August, but I've always wanted to see a Chorus Line. It's like one of the great American musicals, isn't it? Yeah, and it's starring Adam Cooper, who I really like. Mm-hmm. So there's quite quite a lot of good stuff on there. What else is coming up? Well, I was just thinking, so Mean Girls is coming to the West End in June next year, which is based on Tina Fey's... Uh, movie. So Mean Girls is coming out uh, is coming to the West End in June but before that there's actually two more like teen movies that are making like stage versions. Two of our favourites. Cruel Intentions So there's Cruel Intentions which is going to be at the other palace which is right near Victoria Station and this one I don't know that much about but this is like a jukeboxy musical where they've used the songs that are featured on the soundtrack to the movie as well as kind of other 90s songs in it. It's, uh, yeah, it's called Cruel Intentions, the 90s musical. So it features kind of all kind of hit 90s songs performed. So it's not like a straight kind of book musical. It's like a, I'm trying to think what, I know what what's it's done like. that similarly. And Juliet. Yeah, a bit like Anne Juliet. Yeah. I think it's like that, but I think this one, maybe they have mics. Maybe it's like a sort of more like a, what was that show that I saw? The Pride and Prejudice sort of, where they kind of were almost like doing karaoke with mics. It's like, a, I feel, I think it's got a sort of giggy feel to it maybe. But that sounds really cool. And that's on at the other palace from the 11th of Jan until the 14th of April. And then another 90s movie, like the pinnacle of 90s teen movies. The Clueless. Devil Wears Prada. Oh. No, Devil Wears Prada is not from the 90s, nor oh. would I consider it a teen movie. Oh. She's a grown adult. She's got a job. Oh. No, I'm not a Devil Wears Prada fan. What? Stanley mm. Tucci? Emily Blunt? It's just okay. No, no, well, I disagree. Well, it ain't Clueless. That's what it ain't. Mm. Clueless is the best teen movie of all time, and they are making a brand new musical with music by pop star Katie Tunstall and lyrics by Glenn Slater, who did, I think he did lyrics for Sister Act and some other big stuff. Um... Katie Tunstall's an odd name to put with Clueless. You know, like when 
um, Cindy Lauper did Kinky, Kinky Boots. Boots. I'm like, okay, cool. She's a pop mm. artist. I know. Well, Cage Dunstall, while not a musician from that era, I guess she's probably a little bit older than us, but that was probably her. She probably watched that movie. She was okay. probably. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like hopefully she'll have feel some connection to it to write music for it. And that is doing an off an out of London tryout. So it's going to be at the Bromley Theatre, which is like South London adjacent. It's not um, on the tube, so I don't know where it is. Well, it's not that far from me because I'm South London, so you can get there on a main mainline train. Okay. Um, so it's going to be at the yeah Bromley Bromley Theatre. So I'm kind of interested to see that, and also it's quite affordable. I looked at tickets, and they're like twenty five quid for almost like anywhere in the theatre. I think they're doing a sale at the moment at the Churchill Theatre in Bromley. So it's near me, so you can either come down to mine and we can go together, or I'll go and see it and report back. And then if it makes a West End transfer, I'll have, you know, I'll have seen the... the... Sometimes you see things and they don't make a West End transfer. Like, I cannot believe the Cher show is not on the West End in 2024. I loved that. I would go see it again. I'm quite surprised too, because, yeah, it was really good fun. And they've put other things, other sort of... Yeah, I don't know. That is weird. Yeah. It was such a big hit with the audience when we saw it. That's excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe you two. go so you go see Clueless and report back. That's going to be in Feb, I think. Yeah, the 12th to the 24th of Feb in Bromley. What else was big news? Hello, Dolly. But that again, that's kind of summer. But Hello, Dolly is coming back to the West. Well, not coming back. It was supposed to be in the West End. We had tickets booked oh, in yes. 2020. Obviously, pandemic shut everything down. This is the production that Bette Midler did on Broadway and Imelda Staunton's going to bring it to the West End so I'm really looking forward to that so Opening Night is a new musical with um, Sheridan Smith with Sheridan Smith and it's got music and again we're doing so many like pop artists uh, or you know musical artists are writing for musical theatre now this one's going to be Rufus Wainwright doing music and it's Ivo Van Hove who did I saw his production of All About Eve so yeah He's a very like edgy director who uses a lot of cameras on stage, just like Sunset Boulevard did. So I don't know anything about it, though, other than it's Sheridan Smith, obviously a huge star. Also, some other big West Endy people like Hadley Fraser and Amy Lennox, who was in Cabaret, took over for a while in that. So that's going to be like a hot new musical. And I think that's sort of near the beginning of the year. When is that one? Oh, it starts in March, March 6th. Something else that is coming on in summer is Starlight Express. When oh, yes. do you think that was lost in London? It's not been in the West End for a long time. 90s, it must have finished. It must have finished sometime in the 90s because it had a big elaborate staging, didn't it, with the like track would go around the theatre. And so they're doing that at the... Where's the place? What's it it's called? It's at the Troubadour Wembley Park Theatre, which is where we went and saw Newsies. Yes, perfect theatre for it because it's like a kind of big warehouse hangar style theatre. So I imagine they're going to do a really elaborate 360 or like you know the set's going to be amazing the ticket prices are really high so Mm. trackside seats are 154 the seats where we sat are 98 the seats kind of at the back in the middle are 77 god they're really going to gouge those families who want to take their kids to starlight express the first class carriage seats right at the front are 154 and it is selling out there's like four tickets left most evenings through the first two weeks that it opens well when it was on what is it late 80s early 90s all those people that saw it as kids and were like wowed by it they're all gonna have kids now so that's what they're banking on the nostalgia of people all those people who in the 80s who've got little kids now gonna be like i'm gonna take them to that i loved that as a kid 
Like 70 to 90 pounds for your cheaper seat at the back. For a family, it's like, wow. That's so expensive. Oh, sorry, I've just found some for 77, but they're really far back. Mm-hmm. But when we went there, listen to our episode of Newsies. Like, we did have a look around at all the seats and we did think that they're really, you Yeah, know. but they weren't that expensive. So I don't know about that one. If we can try and wangle a press invite or something, I would love to see it. I'd like, love to see Starlight Express. Like we went, I went to see Phantom, obviously, and said it was kind of cheesy, but it was good fun. I feel like this will be that cheesy, cheesy, cheese, but good also, fun if we don't have to pay £154. Also, they're doing Sunday matinees, which I love. I love seeing a show on a Sunday. I sort of do. I'm going, I'm going both ways on a Sunday matinee now. <laughs> Sometimes I like it. Other times, Sunday morning, I'm like, oh, I don't want to leave the house. You know what I'm like. Yeah. So sometimes I do enjoy. Other times I don't. I like it if I'm seeing something nearer your house, like north of London, mm. and I've got work on Monday, and then we usually go back to yours after because it finishes early, so that yes. can be quite nice. And we do, it's yeah. when you're having to get on a train, go into central London, and, and then get then back, back you don't out. like. Yeah. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. And that is called your choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else I looked at in smaller theatres. Like Young Vic, um, end of Feb, their new production called like Nachtland, which is a, Ger- a German playwright. But it's got that actress Romilly Garay in it from, what was, uh, The Hours on BBC. Do you remember that with Ben Whishaw? The Hours. She was so good in that and we saw her in something in the Almeida, although the actual show escapes me. But I really, really like her as an actor. So that's coming end of Feb. So I might get tickets to well, that. what's it about? It's about, I think, a, a, oh, it's about a family that own one of Hitler's paintings. Because, you know, Hitler was a painter as a young man. So it's like, and the family want to, you know, one of them wants to sell it. One of them wants to keep it. One of them thinks it should be destroyed. It's like ethical questions of what you do with a Hitler painting. Mm. Um, so as a German playwright, I just think... Young Vic, you can get tickets for £12 if you sit on the front row. So you might have a slightly obstructed view or be a bit too close or something. But 12 quid or 25 for slightly better seats near the front. I might give that one a go just because it sounds interesting and I really like Romlegaray. And yeah, what was the other one? Southwark Playhouse, had a look at that. They've got some fun stuff at the beginning of the year. But a little bit later in the year, which I think we probably have already talked about, is the one that you saw that you told me. Police Cops the Musical. Police Cops the Musical, which is coming back there. When did we say that was? Beginning of March, March 1st. I think that when I look back on 2023 and think about my favourite shows, I think that and Sunset Boulevard are probably it. Yeah. What about you? What are your favourite shows of 23? Um, oh... I mean, Sunset Boulevard we've seen most recently, so that is kind of top of mind. Um, But it was really good. Like, I did, it's, that was a really fresh new take that will stay with me. I actually loved La Cage Fall in Regent's Park, open air theatre. Oh, you're right. That was a really really, highlight. Joyful, big production, good lighting, great singing. Drag done right on stage, like, real attention paid to it, felt authentic and cool. Drag done right. It was dragged done right. You're so right. That is it. Like, no offence, everybody's talking about Jamie. I think that's <laughs> a fun show, but some of the drag scenes in it, for me, don't hold up as well mm-hmm. as this did. This felt cool. You're so right. So I did really like that. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, Guys and Dolls, which I went and saw twice. Yes. That's a highlight of 23 for me. Guys and Dolls was great. Yeah, we saw some really good stuff. Uh, uh, did you end up seeing Streetcar Named Desire with Paul Mescal? No, I didn't. That was really good. That was maybe probably up there in top top plays, I think. 
I really like Curious Case of Benjamin Button at Southwark Playhouse, which I had already seen, but that kind of lived up to my memory of it. That was really good. Yeah, so maybe Sunset Boulevard. And Speaking Lacage. of Sunset Boulevard, mm. I liked it so much, I'm going again. She's going again before it finishes at the beginning of Jan. Before it finishes, I thought I want to go one more time. And this time, instead of seeing Nicole, I'm going to see Rachel Tucker, who does the performances on Monday evening. I'm so glad you're doing that because, yeah, I'm very interested to, to find out. Okay, so that was, yeah, that's our look ahead to next year. Um, quick look back at last year. And I'm just keen to talk about Edward Scissorhands, Matthew Bourne's ballet, which we both went to see separately. So, but I also think we need a drink to lead into mm. that review. So Edward Scissorhands, this isn't exactly an Edward Scissorhands themed cocktail, but this is a Christmas cocktail, which is called the Rudolph Martini. Christmasy Rudolph Martini. Cheers. Mm. I can't actually take credit for inventing this one because it came from what supplement did you put out of this Christmas? I think it was the Times, the Times. magazine or something like that. Although it doesn't say the author of who came up with this, but whoever you are, thank you for creating this Rudolph Martini. Oh, Mr. Lion created it. And Mr. Lion owns cocktail the cocktail bar in the Mondrian Hotel. Oh, see, so you know more about these things than I do. He's like a really famous mixologist. Oh, he's well. called Mr. Lion, L-Y-A-N, and he's got some cool bars in London. Well, this is um, gin with red vermouth, uh, peppercorns for that sort of Christmas spiciness, which has actually worked really well, and then a dash of orange bitters and a little cherry to garnish. And I like it. It's got that warm, warm Christmassy... Pepper, you know, the peppercorn actually I think works really well with the I just botanicals love, of the gin. I just love a cherry as a garnish. I think that looks so festive. So let's talk about our Christmas show we both went to see before Christmas, which is Matthew Bourne's Edward Scissorhands Ballet. So it's been on tour and then one of the stops it's done is at Sadler's Wells in London and then it's going on tour again for the rest Next of the year. Next year, yes. Yeah, yeah. so you've still got opportunity to sit around the country. And based on the film by Tim Burton, starring Johnny Depp from the 90s, which we used to love as kids. It's a great film with Wyona Ryder. It's really Christmassy. Yeah, so it's a fairy tale, isn't it? It's Tim Burton's fairy tale about uh, an inventor who who creates a boy who he doesn't get to finish him, and so he ends up with scissors for hands before he gets his real hands put on. And then so he's like this misunderstood character who then gets kind of welcomed into the local community. And the film was like very 80s set sort of cookie cutter houses and stuff. And this one's set, I think, in the 50s. They've gone a little bit older with it, but it's perfect for Matthew Bourne's visual style, isn't it? Yeah, it's got a really cool retro feel to it. And there's some good characters in the film. There's a a neighbour who's very religious and very sceptical about this person. And there's also another neighbour who is... Um, she's like a bit of like a party girl. Saucy housewife. She's a saucy housewife and she's got like plumbers coming over and she's want, she's always yeah. trying to get like people into her house to like entertain them. Yeah, so she's from the film and so are the religious people, right? But they've also, because it's Matthew Bourne, he's added some characters and the storyline differs very, very slightly. But they've got like the power cu- uh, the gay power couple, I thought were quite funny. And they've simplified the story from the film a little bit. Yes. But it, it basically follows the very same narrative and... You know, it's a a fairy tale, so it works really well for ballet because it's really clear and concise, not like moral storytelling, but the story of it about acceptance and love and finding beauty and the sharp edges or, you know, like 
that story is very easy to translate to dance because yeah. it's that fairy tale story where you can see the an allegory of yeah of what's being said so i think that works so well and the music by danny elfman from the movie uh, he's like one of my favorite film composers his music is still in it like the main theme but obviously as this is a ballet they've had to like expand the score to fill a full ballet and who did the extra music so Terry Davis has done new music to add to Danny Elfman, but Danny Elfman's like classic score is still at the heart of this, um, you know, ballet. Wow, that I don't know if this will pick up on the podcast, but the wind is a whaling. It feels quite Christmassy being inside, and it's such horrible weather outside. It does. Outside. We're going to light a fire in a minute. We're going to put some like musicals on, and yeah. yeah. But so this show, Back to Edward Scissorhands, okay. is very Christmassy because of. Okay, well, can I just he, say? Oh yes. Yeah, so, Can yes. I just say, I didn't think it was that Christmassy. I have seen the Nutcracker at Christmas. I've mm-hmm. seen some other Christmas shows that are really for kids. Like Christmas shows are usually like you know family shows, but they've still managed to make it feel Christmassy. The lighting in this was so bright, I felt, and the sort of storytelling was so exaggerated to obviously explain to the children like what's going on mm. when i say storytelling i mean storytelling through dance people pointing at things yeah. people having reactions i just felt it i i just didn't love it and then the big number at the end which is where the ice sculptures made yeah and it's snowing i was really looking forward to and i felt like the snow i thought the snow was going to cover the whole stage and mm-hmm. it would be snowing or even snowing in the auditorium mm-hmm. but what they've done is they've like done a sort of effect of snow with Projection. uh, projections. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, there's only one way to do snow on stage in a ballet, and you have to close the act with it because they can't. I just yeah, realized and then you, you can't, have to sweep the floor because they can't dance on top of loose snow on the stage. It's too dangerous. But I guess where he does the ice sculpture doesn't come at the right point in the story. But maybe they should have tr- tried to manufacture that moment that's the earlier. big moment that's like the christmas tree growing in the nutcracker you're waiting for that tree to grow there have yeah. to be some big moments that make you like delighted and excited for christmas and i just didn't there weren't any of those moments i also want to talk the about moment was still nice that duet they did together but you're right what closed act one instead oh it was the topiary number where he was making the hedges and they oh, all came again, to life and that, danced yeah that that um that number in the maze reminded me of Christopher Warden's Alice in Wonderland. He does yeah. another dance in the maze. But if you're going to have people dancing like that, they need to be dancing almost uniformly. And I didn't feel like their dancing was very uniform. I felt like it was a bit messy. And Yeah, that you're right, actually. That might have worked better if the hedges were dancing as one yes. rather than individual hedges. Yes. Sounds wild to say, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let, let's just talk a little bit about the dance. The other thing I didn't like is... There was no lifts, hardly any lifts in it. Where is the technical stuff? Where's the big... There was so much cool group numbers. Like, those worked really well. Um, I loved the party scene. Yes, that so was cool. Probably the highlight for me. That was, like, really cool and really fun. But in terms of, like, ballet, I want to well, see some technique. And I didn't really see, like, a lot of lifts. And you well, can't, the problem you is can't he's got scissors for hands. He's got scissors yeah. for hands. So they cleverly oh, got around that in one moment, in the in the moment where all the bushes come to life. That was like a magical, realist moment where Edward imagines what it would be like 
so he does have hands in that scene. So that was the only part of Dur where he lifts her was when when he had his hands off. But yes, the hands did become a guess like it is quite yeah, yeah. they get in the way. But I think Matthew Bourne still made it quite he managed to do some inventive stuff with the fact that he had scissors for hands. Yeah. Like the scene with the, who played the the sort of neighbour that keeps trying to seduce him because she was so good, I thought. Oh, she was really good fun. I mean, that's a fun character. Yeah, she was just so good. Uh, Nicole Cabrera was her name. And yeah, that character got like a lot of the big kind of laughs and the big, yeah, she was like one of the kind of biggest characters in it, I yes. thought. And that was that was really funny. I think I enjoyed it more than you. I think, yes, I guess it was a bit disappointing that it didn't snow in the ice sculpture scene. But they did do real snow at the end. Mm. So I thought that was quite magical. And although, yes, it is a Christmas show, it wasn't... It has been present. It's going to tour well into the new year. So it's not exclusively a Christmas show like Nutcracker. It is just a Matthew Bourne piece like Red Shoes. You know, mm. his shows are just on at Christmas. They're not always Christmas themed. But... Yeah, so I think I found it a bit more magical. I also had really good seats, which does sometimes make a difference. I did feel... Like, where did you sit? I sat... I had good seats. I sat on the side of the stool, of the first circle. Okay. Yeah, they're quite good. I was like, we paid loads and just decided to do a big Christmas show and went down, like, middle of the stools. And they were really good. This is what I'm saying. You decided to go big and go do a Christmas show. I went with my friend for Christmas it was like meant to be a real special treat and I just felt like I was almost watching like a kid's show. Where was all the twinkly lights and like why was it not darker? Why I was think it because so they were bright? going for this 1950s, they were trying to like emulate the films. The film is really bright. It's got that big bright colour pattern. They, like all the houses were in pastels. Remember they were all like painting those yes, bright colours. So right. they, they were, were trying, trying to, to create do the that. Truman Show kind of yes. vibe. But Very then that's fine. But then we we do need to have, like in the ice sculpture moment or in the maze, that didn't need to be that bright. No, maybe they could have done better lighting for those. Depth. Interesting. And, yeah, I just... Yeah, you're right. The, the party scene works really well. Matthew Bourne does those big group numbers. Think about the beginning of Cinderella or the beginning of Nutcracker even in the orphanage, which is quite grey, but they're all together dancing. Those scenes where all the characters are interacting... It's really fun. Those work really well because your eye just can look anywhere and find a characterful moment. And all the performers, uh, Liam Moa, who played Edward, was really good, I thought. Yeah, all I love I, I mean, there's no, the dancing. there's no wheat link in a no, Matthew Bourne company. It, like, it wasn't boring. It was it was fun. I'm glad I went. I'm glad I've ticked it off a list because I've seen all of Matthew Bourne's. Oh, actually, mm-hmm. I haven't seen Sleeping Beauty. Sorry, you have. Oh, yeah. Um, But it's a thumbs down for me. Won't be going oh, again. interesting. I put it above Red Shoes, above Sleeping Beauty. But yes, it's not It's not up there, up there. And also, I guess his his best works are the ones that have the existing ballet score, which is obvious because, you know, those scores like Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker and Mm. Swan Lake and stuff, I mean, they're like works of art, aren't they? So to then be able to put a new twist on top of that, or even Carman that he did Mm. using um, Carmen the Opera, it kind of elevates that those shows feel elevated. Even Cinderella, which is not as well known a score, it's still a classical ballet score, yes. which he puts his modern stamp on. And the two things together yeah. tend to create the kind of magic. You're right. Whereas when it's like Red Shoes or this, which has got, I love the Danielle for music so much, but it's the expanded score wasn't as impressive. 
And it just, it feels more like new and inventive, but not as much as like Romeo and Juliet, where it has that traditional score, but his new bold take on it. The the, the combo works best with Matthew Bourne, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, for a children's show, for a family show, I would give it a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Definitely go. Great. You're not telling like your friends to go no. see it. Okay. No. Yeah. And I wouldn't go back. I'd rather go and watch, yeah, something more traditional or something a little bit more... Yeah, I don't know, just less bright and um, broad. Okay, but I, we're, so we're saying a good family show Yeah. to take kids. I think, yeah, I think it will hold kids. It's not very long. I think it will hold kids' attention. I do. Um, and it's going on quite a good long tour up until the end of May. So just look on, I think it's an ATG show, so go on the ATG website and look it up. It's going, end of, so it's on at Sadler's Wells until the end of January. Then it goes to Milton Keynes, then to Woking, then Liverpool, then Bristol, then Glasgow, ending in Glasgow on May 25th. So it's running for a good couple of months. And yes, it, I think it's a really good family show. I I do agree with most of your criticisms as well, I think. They just weren't top of list for me after seeing it. But now you've said them, I guess I do agree mm. with lots of them. But I, I still had a really good time and just the I dancers a, are so talented. I did, ha- I did have a good time. Yeah, you just had a, a few more, crit- yeah. A few more apparent criticisms than I guess I did off the top of my head after seeing it. I've just seen a lot of Christmas shows, Oscar. I know what I like. Yeah. I mean, I was also just so proud I made the quickest exit out of a theatre ever. I just had our seats from the end of a row. And you know when you just get out and get the right train? So that was a real win for me. <laughs> that I think I got home. Just I got home in record time, basically. So it was a really good night out at the theatre, all in all. Um, so yeah, that's Edward Scissorhands by Matthew Bourne. You can see it at Sadler's Wells. Tickets quite expensive at Sadler's Wells until the end of Jan. I think I just had a quick look through and they were mostly around £60 and up. So it's not a cheap one. I imagine on tour it might be slightly more affordable in your Woking, your Bristol, wherever. Um, so I would recommend family viewing. If you love the film, it's kind of cool to see a ballet version of it and hear that music. But yeah, just they're just I just love watching those dancers. They're just so good and so characterful. The perform- I just really love that about Matthew Vaughan. That's yeah, the takeaway. Yeah, and I would, that's the takeaway. And just to also end on a high, it's not boring. Whereas if you go to the Royal Opera House with your children and watch The Nutcracker, yes, like it's a feast for the eyes. It's effects after effects. It's amazing. The costumes, everything. It's so Christmassy. But there are going to be some really boring numbers. Yeah, very long pardoners. Very long pardoners. And like off. their dance scenes are so traditional. Yeah, this is very energetic and. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, okay, so yeah, that's it. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. Um, do go back and listen to our recommendations at the beginning. I can't even remember all the shows we mentioned, but there's some cool stuff coming at the beginning of the year. We'll, we need to get booking and see what we're going to go and see. Mm. I'm going to see Pacific Overtures at the Many a Chocolate Factory, which is it's already opened. It opened before Christmas. Oh, it's the Stephen Sondheim. Stephen Sondheim musical set in Japan. It's like a small chamber piece, um, which I, it's not produced very often. So I just really wanted to go and see that at the Many a. It's had some pretty good reviews so far. So I'm not because they some of the Many a shows last year were in the. If we talked about our favorite shows of the year, I think the Third Man's got to be one of the worst. Oh yeah, so pedestrian. Like embarrass, I found it embarrassing. Um, you can listen to our review of that, but whoa! <laughs> but so it's nice that the many have had a little bit of a return to form from the reviews I have read. So I'm going to see that in the next couple of weeks. So I'll do a review, even though I'm pretty sure the show will be closing the week I see it. I think, or but I am looking forward to that a lot. Yeah, I'm interested to hear about that. Yeah, and 
I'm very interested in the next episode. You can tell us what you thought of Rachel Tucker in Sunset Boulevard. Oh yeah. But I, I'm, I'll be really interested to see the, the subtle thing is, changes and differences. The thing is, Norma Desmond isn't even the reason that I go to. That character isn't even the reason I'm going back. I love the the chorus pieces. I love mm. the company pieces. I love the music. I could listen to the whole thing sat in there in the worst seat with my eyes shut, and I'd still have a good time because I just love the tone of voices. Like when you when we did that. Oh my god! Well now we're just going to start talking about Sunset Boulevard again. Again, guys, we can't. Okay. But just to say one thing that you said which I was like that's so true the music mix the microphones were so good Mm, very very good yeah okay right let's not talk about sunset anymore okay well Merry Christmas everyone listening have a great new year and we'll be back in the new year with episode 100 of Theatre Club Podcast Um, as always follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast and thanks for listening Merry Christmas